Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to the Love Fest that is Tell Me Everything. We are so happy to have you here with us. If you're one of our live listeners, our evil army of the night, we love to hear from you all show long at 866-997-4748. And of course, maybe you're one of our day walkers, somebody who listens the following day on demand or on Sirius XM app or on the John Fugelsang podcast. We love all y'all as well. Please send us your notes and your messages and your threats and promises of glory, either to our show's Facebook page or uh, johnfugelsang.com. We do read them and we do love to read your thoughts on the air. And you can send me a tweet. I'm at John Fugelsang. Uh, Chris is at Moving Sideways. Chris would be Chris Hauselt. He's the executive producer of this year's show. He runs this thing from the South Carolina studios. Thea Harper runs this thing from Brooklyn. And I come to you from Manhattan. It's been a crazy year, guys. I hope you're okay. Uh, we're crawling our way to the end of the year. I know every night over on Hannity, it's Hunter Biden's explosive Uranium One swift boat assault on Benghazi using a Obama's birth certificate in a tan suit. Over here, we're going to stick to facts, and that can be kind of wearying. Let's do a show. Are you burned out? Are you just totally done with 2022? Do you physically feel like you, you really do have burnt? Like, this is not just tired. Like, you, you know, this is just you have a total lack of energy, maybe a decline in your your sense of belonging <laughs> do you feel uh, uh, you know plummeting self-esteem i mean if you're me this could just be you know wednesday but but is it strange for you marked agitation irritability are you less hopeful do you do you feel like you're not accomplishing things anymore are you feeling cynical or alienated either from your job or from other humans or just this fucking country are you weary of watching mediocre men fuck up in public and not pay a price i mean kanye did but Trump, Elon, I could go on. 2022 has been the year of burnout. Burnout from the carnage in Ukraine. Burnout from COVID-19 and all the bullshit surrounding the vaccine and the science. Burnout from Trump. Burnout from all the hatred. Burnout from monkeypox and crypto and K-pop and Kanye. Burnout was everywhere earlier in the pandemic, but it was supposed to get better. Right. When, as the worst part of the pandemic began to subside, you know, this was supposed to be what I call the great unclenching. The part of your body that seized up 
in stress and when, when Trump was elected in 2016. Some of us, it was the fists or the jaw, the sphincter, the back of your neck and shoulders. We're supposed to be in the time of the great unclenching, letting go of all that. But somehow we can't. We have PTSD, pandemic, Trump, shitstorm, dystopia. 2022 is the year a lot of people just decided uh, COVID ended. The pandemic's over. Even Joe Biden said that on 60 Minutes. Remember way back, way back in September, he was at the Detroit Auto Show and he said the pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're doing a lot of work on it. But the pandemic is over. And I understand what he meant. We still have a problem. You know, we're not losing 3,000 a day anymore. But the week he said that, we were still losing 360 Americans every day from COVID-19 just in this country. And globally, about 10,000 deaths were happening every week. God knows there's workforce burnout. There, according to this new report, the 2022-23 AFLAC Workforces Report, more than half, 59% of American workers are having at least moderate levels of burnout, which is a big increase over 2021, which was only like 50%. I mean, 59% is like where we were at in terms of burnout at the height of COVID-19 in 2020. Mental health negatively affected job performance of nearly half of the U.S. workforce in the past year. 46%. More than half of employers recognize that mental health issues for employees have affected their businesses over the last year. Burnout's not just bad for public health. It's bad for business. Nearly 80% of employees say that mental health coverage is critical only 61% have access to any mental health care as part of their benefits package. I'm surprised it's as high as 61%. You know, Microsoft polled uh, 20,000 people in 11 countries around the globe. This was in July and August. And they found worldwide almost 50% of employees and 53% of managers say they're burned out from work. And then there's news burnout. And listen, if you're sick of it, I get it. I'm with you. There's days where I'm just like, oh, my God, I, I, why, why, why do I have to go to work today? Why do I have to know what Trump or Elon or Ron DeSantis did? Why do I have to know what terrible and wonderful, inspiring thing Joe Biden wanted to do that was just shot down by Mitch McConnell? I don't, I, 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 I don't want to know. I'm burned out from being tired of burnout. Last May, there was new data from the Reuters Institute, and it showed that America has one of the highest what they call news avoidance rates in the world. And this is dangerous. About four out of 10 Americans sometimes or often deliberately avoid contact with the news. That's a higher rate than at least 30 other countries. And consistently across all countries, women are significantly more likely to avoid news than men, which I found strange. And, and I get it. But I don't approve. I, I, I think I think we're all feeling news fried. But, you know, that's the thing in fascism. They want to burn you out. That's gaslighting 101. They want you to feel like it doesn't matter and there's no point in paying attention. They want you to go watch that Friends episode for the sixth time. But we can't. And I know it's hard. We have to find ways to detach from this and then come back because the brain changes with chronic stress. Chronic stress has long been known to contribute to mental and physical diseases. Chronic stress causes thinning of the gray matter of the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that gives us insight about ourselves and other people and tells us how to act appropriately. It gives us, you know, ability for complex decision-making skills, to have thoughtful reasoning rather than just habitual responses. It's reducing it. 
burnout can enlarge the amygdala, which is the part of the brain responsible for the fight or flight response. Burnout can totally impact our ability to pay attention, to make and keep our memories. It makes it harder to learn new things. Burnout increases the risk for mistakes. Again, it's bad for the public health. It's bad for business. It's very human. Burnout may even be your body trying to protect you. I mean, there's lots of things you can do to deal with this general life burnout, whatever it is, talk therapy or, you know, take naps, take days off, meditation, breathing exercise, get your nature time, exercise in general, redefine your goals, journal, do some art, make love, dance, go to a museum, read a book, read fiction. Don't give up on news awareness. Being news aware isn't just what helps you become more well-rounded and cognizant of situations beyond yours. <laughs> Being news aware makes it harder for fascists to take over your country. It makes it harder for liars to gaslight you. It's awareness. So please, 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 the holidays are coming. I'm burned out. I know you are. Give yourself permission to do some self-care, right? You know, take a day off, take a nap, call in the work sick. Not you, Chris. I'm, I'm codependent and I need you here. You know, try, try to exercise, try breaking a sweat, try to not sleep. I mean, try to get sleep, try to, you know, not too much sugar, not too much dairy, not too much weed. You know, watch the partying, watch the drugs, watch the alcohols, right? Take care of yourself. You know, with, with Gandhi, his life was very intense. I know pre-internet. How's that possible? Well, <laughs> Gandhi was there to drive an occupying imperial force out of his country while wearing a diaper. And then he had to oversee a civil war. So his life was pretty intense. And you know what Gandhi did every Monday? Through most of the years he was well-known, he would have uh, a day of silence. He didn't, like, you know, meditate all day, but Gandhi would not talk on Mondays. He was so famous, he just had to let go of the burden of having to give opinions about things. He didn't want to make any decisions. He had to take a break. He had to listen deeply and not respond. He wasn't like a monk. You know, he still went out in public. He, he would have to go and attend events, but he wouldn't talk at them. He, he couldn't receive visitors. Or he, he would receive visitors sometimes, but he wouldn't talk. He'd let them talk and he would just listen. It was his thing. And then when the day of silence was over, he'd go back to his regular routine. And everyone said when Tuesdays came, Gandhi was on his shit on Tuesdays. He would be especially eloquent in his speeches without notes. He'd have be, be more on his game. He's the Gandhi we all came to know and love. Find what works for you. Unplug and then get back in the game because we need you. And also, try to remember, uh, I, I always say depression is a disease, but negativity is a habit. You know, not, not every malaise requires the help of big pharma, if you know what I mean. Just, you know, if, you're, if you have legitimate depression, please get help. Talk to someone. And if medication is the answer, God bless. But sometimes just try changing things. Your clothes, your hair. Ladies, don't go cutting your own bangs. That's the one thing. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be sexist, but I love you. I'm, I'm going to say this. You're going to be mad at me. I'm very feminist. But ladies, we need a mandatory three-day waiting period before women can cut their own bangs. Just, just think about it before you do it. It's all I'm saying. You can cut your own bangs. Just think about it for three days first. That, that's it. Trust me on this. But here's, here's the thing. If you feel like things can, are never going to change, if you feel so stuck in a rut that nothing's ever going to be different, I want you to imagine something. Imagine getting in a time machine and go back to the Obama years. And I want you to bring them this audio clip we're going to play. You have this one, Chris? It's John Boehner. I know, right? John Boehner, the name synonymous with mental stress and moral people for so many years. Earlier today, they were unveiling the official portrait of Nancy Pelosi on Capitol Hill. 
and they invited John Boehner, the man who took the gavel from her, to give remarks. I was really surprised that John Boehner was invited. I never thought I'd see him on C-SPAN again. He's very tan for December. He has tanned himself out of the known color spectrum. Nice to know some things haven't changed. But um, listen to the sincerity in this John Boehner clip. And Madam Speaker, I have to say, my girls told me, tell the Speaker how much we admire her. I couldn't tell my girls were Democrats. <laughs> he went on to say no other speaker of the House in the modern era, Republican or Democrat, has wielded the gavel with such authority or with such consistent results. You are one tough cookie. Can you imagine back in the John Boehner driven hatred of the Obama years, him ever saying something so gracious and loving to Nancy Pelosi? Friends, anything is possible and the world can change. You deserve to be there to watch it. So again, you know, do self-care. And if self-care doesn't work, try being giving to others. Because being giving to others, when you're in a rut, when you have burnout, when you're negative, it's the one thing that always works. And, and let's say nothing works for you. Let's say medication, therapy, giving to others, exercise. If nothing works for you and you need something to make you feel instantly better right now, well, friends, you can always Google the words. Rick Perry eats a corn dog in front of a painting because I love you and I'm here for you. Remember, if it ever gets so bad, you can't stand it anymore. Google Rick Perry eats a corn dog in front of a painting. You don't have to thank me. I'm just here doing the Lord's work. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is Series 6 in Progress. I'm John saying We're at 866-997-4748. Talking about burnout, talking about Elmo, talking about mediocre men fucking up in public and not paying any consequences. Uh, now it's time to crack open a fresca. It's time for Bob Seska. 
These fascists are grotesque with their vulgar Trump burlesque. But thank God we got Bob Seska broadcasting from his deska, his humorous Kafkaesca, and his height is statuesca. Like the top of Mount Aleska, John Podesta on a Vespa. Put down that Putinesca and behave yourself, Francesca. It's a politics fiesta when you're rolling with Bob Seska. People of Earth, please welcome the host of the Bob Seska Show, one of the smartest broadcasters in the game, Mr. Bob Seska. Hello, sir. Hi, John. You know, after I'm long gone and my ashes are sitting in an urn somewhere, I'm going to have that glazed on a plate. <laughs> that Thanks. thing I that promise you read to... <laughs> about me and sit I it right to... next to the urn. I promise like... to never update it with anything new. I, I promise I'll keep yeah. recycling the old, the same old shit for years and years. Um, <laughs> Mr. Seska, it is so good to see you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Do I say Merry Christmas to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, Perfect. Yeah. I uh, I have not declared war on Christmas. Uh, I have uh, I'm a, a conscientious objector. I see. You <laughs> I hit out in yeah, Switzerland my, while the rest of us were in the trenches. Yeah, right. My podcast listeners know that I play Christmas music from the first show back after Thanksgiving all the way through <laughs> until I go on vacation. And it's all you know, it's great music. It's indie music. Uh, all the indie bands that I play on the show submit their Christmas songs and I wheel them out and then i post uh, at the end of the year like a whole indie christmas playlist of all that stuff it's amazing it's one of my favorite parts of the job uh i love christmas too i love christmas music my house is decorated ridiculously i i'm, I'm a big fan of it i was raised by fundamentalist <laughs> christmas people who uh oh yeah who i think just got into christianity because they were using jesus to get to santa so i'm, I'm totally yeah. with did, you. Did, you, did you have an advent wreath growing up oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Me too. i mean yep. I, advent i mean it's uh it yeah it's it's you know purple and pink candles i mean i we had all of it yeah. and you know now my son <laughs> has these advent calendars where he gets a different lego figure every day that has nothing to do with fucking advent and i'm sitting here going crazy <laughs> like the old school catholic in the corner <laughs> oh man yeah it's a disgrace God. you're forgetting the entire reason for the season <laughs> someone just I, I, anyway i dig i digress what i what i want to talk about is um is the unexpected toys and presents you can find under your tree, sometimes a few weeks before Christmas, sometimes yeah. Talking Points Memo, of all places. Uh, Santa drops mm -hmm. a couple thousand Mark Meadows texts down the chimney over at our friends at Talking Points Memo. Uh, I got to say, I wasn't predicting this to happen this week, and I'm not sure who's leaking it. I'm not sure why it's out, but I'm really, really glad about it because this is a trove of texts that Mark Meadows turned over to the House Select Committee before he realized that was stupid and sued them uh, investigating January 6th. And um, now it's just incredible. We, we, we've got so much insight on how corrupt this Congress is, how many Republican electeds were helping Donald Trump spread completely false lies about his defeat and, and try to reverse it. I'm curious what your take is on this little Christmas cachet. Yeah, I would say this is a much bigger story than the Twitter files that Elon Musk and Matt Taibbi are rolling out, because this is actually you want to talk about a conspiracy between the White House and 34 members of Congress, a seditious conspiracy, to be clear about that. I mean, they're conferring back and forth about how best to overturn the 2020 election and yeah. to disenfranchise everyone who cast ballots in the states that they, they decide to throw out. I, this is the the process and uh, going so far as uh, Ralph Norman from North Carolina, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this already this week about uh, wanting to declare martial law, but misspelling the word yes. martial. And I think the first rule, if you want to declare martial law, you have to be able to spell it first. I think that you know, needs to be at yeah. the top of the list. 
Actually, the first rule is if you want to have nuclear weapons, you have to be able to pronounce the word nuclear. But yes, martial law spelled <laughs> correctly. Right. Is but you know what, yeah, Bob? Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And, and the, you know, Ra- I mean, Ralph Norman, not the smartest Republican congressman from South Carolina. I mean, he sent this three days before Biden was going into office. And, and he, he yep. said, uh, I mean, in seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about that Dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation... <laughs> which people are paying billions in fines now. We're at a point of mm. no return in saving our republic, exclamation point twice. Our last hope is invoking martial law. Please urge to president to do so. Bob, yeah. not to be cynical, but if he had spelled martial law correctly, would this tweet have ever caught the public eye? Uh, ironically, the spelling error, yeah. people were making fun of him for it, but that drew so many more eyeballs to the sedition. We're more upset about the spelling. Right, right. I, I'm trying to give a little bit of latitude to our, our friends on Twitter and elsewhere about that, because quite honestly, we've been dealing with this since January 6th. We've been screaming about the seditious conspiracy to overthrow the 2020 election uh, and trying desperately to push the justice system, the Justice Department in particular, along in its investigation to the point where maybe some of the ringleaders will finally be uh, indicted for this, going all the way up to Donald Trump. And I think some of these members of Congress, too, Uh, certainly Mark Meadows. And it looks like the January 6th committee is going to issue some referrals, some criminal referrals to the Department of Justice, including and most likely Mark Meadows in that mix. And justifiably so. I mean, the exchange that he had with Scott Perry, for example, Mm -hmm. was hardly even an exchange because... It seemed like, and I'm just hypothesizing this based on having read countless text threads over the years, that there's parts missing from the Scott Perry text messages, Mm -hmm. like Scott Perry repeatedly texting Mark Meadows, but Mark Meadows not replying at all. But it seems like in some cases, Scott Perry replying to something that Mark Meadows may have said. None of those texts are there. It's just a a string. I don't know how many, uh, maybe a dozen texts in there. But that's curious. And I know they wanted to, there was some conversation about moving the text exchanges over to uh, a platform called Signal, which is an encrypted texting app, sort of like WhatsApp. I guess WhatsApp is one of those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can do things secretly and it's impossible to know what's being said behind encryption. And so that was, to me, one of the most damning aspects of this. The fact that they were saying, "Okay, you know what, maybe we should do this in secret. Maybe we should conspire to overthrow the 2020 election a little bit more quietly. How about that? Mm. And to me, that just screams out guilt. It's like, don't look behind that door. See that door right there? There's something (laughs) bad behind it. But don't look. Don't look. And that's kind of what they were doing. Uh, I, I want to quote one of the congressmen. This is uh, Congressman Brian Babin or Babin. I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong. Republican from Texas who sent at least 21 messages to Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, got at least four responses uh, on November 6th. He, he's urging Meadows to, to not give up. I want to quote this because I find it fascinating. It doesn't appear to be an act. Mark, when we lose Trump, we lose our republic. Fight like hell and find a way. We're with you down here in Texas and refuse to live under a corrupt Marxist dictatorship. Liberty! Exclamation point. Babin. Wow. <laughs> like, it's a, it's like, amazing, John. These were conversations. Like they that talk were that way to each other. They talk yeah. that way on text message to exactly. each other. Yes, <laughs> privately. I mean, you imagine if they're. It's like wearing your drag outfit around the house to vacuum it. (laughs) 
I mean, if they're trying to pull one over on the rubes, which is what they often do. I mean, their yes. fanboys are composed of suckers who are constantly divorcing themselves from their checking account and handing it over to Donald Trump for his legal defense and paintings of himself or whatever the hell else he's he's spending money on. Um, and so but in this case, they're having that conversation, as you, as you said, between each other, talking like that between each other, which means on some level. They're kind of serious. I mean, they literally believe that Joe Biden is some sort of Marxist sleeper Marxist. cell. He, he, that, he's here to nationalize yeah. the businesses and end private property. That's that's exactly, why he's here. Exactly yes. right. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> just an amazing uh, a bit of reporting from Talking Points Memo. And going back to what you were saying, this should be a much bigger story. We should all be yelling about this. It will but I kind of get it? why we're not. Yeah. Well, but 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 will it be? I mean, the House is preparing the, the House committee, I should say, is preparing their final yeah. report. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a book and a movie and what have you. Um, is this the end of the line for an investigation into January 6th? I mean, a sort of referrals to the DOJ, which mean nothing. I mean, they're subpoenaing Mark Meadows, but as we know, uh, it's 10 days till Christmas Eve. These Democrats are going to be yeah. out of power in about two weeks. Yeah, I don't know that it's the end, though. I, I think it's the end, obviously, of the January 6th committee in the House. That's going to go away, and it's going to be replaced by a committee that will then investigate the January 6th committee, which is what I've been <laughs> anticipating all along. I mean, that's going right. to be whoever ends up being House Speaker is going to task the judiciary with uh, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're all going to form a committee that will uh, investigate this stuff. Maybe it'll just be the Judiciary Committee. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to mm -hmm. work that. But regardless, I think uh, uh, Jamie Raskin was just uh, appointed Correct. by the Democrats to be the ranking member in, in that committee. So mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be part of the fuckery that we're going to see moving forward from the House of Representatives along those lines. But that doesn't mean the Justice Department is going to let up on this. Certainly, the grand jury is going to keep investigating both the Mar-a-Lago uh, document situation as well That's as right. January 6th and whatever else comes up, because it seems like Donald Trump can't you know, go to the waffle bar at Mar-a-Lago without tripping over more criminal activity, which is what he's constantly doing. And quite honestly, I have no idea what he's going to announce tomorrow. That's been sort of one of the top. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, because Donald yeah. Trump is, you know, teasing. He's making a big announcement tomorrow, which is a way of saying I want attention, which is like a boy <laughs> crying wolf one yeah. time too many. Yeah. But Ron DeSantis just totally beat him in a poll of primary voters. Fifty two percent of likely GOP primary voters in this poll preferred DeSantis. Only thirty eight favored Trump in a hypothetical yeah. primary race. These numbers are not going to go Trump's way, and they're probably going to go more steeply for DeSantis, who has much higher favorables and much lower unfavorables. DeSantis is an execrable human being, and I would say he's worse than Trump because he's smart enough to know better, but chooses not to be. But I mean, what could Donald Trump be announcing tomorrow other than he's starting a third party or fleeing the country? Yeah, well, let's start with that first one. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that I wouldn't be, be surprised beautiful. if he just decided, you know what, I'm going to do what uh, what Kirsten Cinema just did. I know that I can't win this primary against Ron DeSantis. It's not looking good. And Donald Trump is someone who doesn't want to enter into another situation that he may lose again. I mean, yes. imagine four elections in a row, the guy who's always winning so much so that we may get bored with winning that he then uh, runs up against Ron DeSantis and loses to Ron DeSantis. That's right. Which would be humiliating for him. So running as an independent candidate 
for president in 2024 would be so perfect. Would <laughs> be so perfect. That's the one I want to happen the most, John. I mean, to be he can just he can just directly fundraise and doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Plus, he wouldn't have to compete in primaries. He can just take the money directly from the roots. Right. Exactly. But and if, there, he, if he loses, if he loses in the general, he can then go back to the rigged election thing and still rake in all kinds of money money. like he did with save america pack we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars see also the previous remarks about divorcing suckers from their checking accounts so that's i think uh, one of the likely scenarios although kind of a sensational one i think also the idea of maybe announcing carrie lake as his running mate that's a bit of a long shot i think pulling a ted cruz carly fiorina like yeah acceptance speech before you get the nomination here's where I land on that one. And, you know, I'm kind of 50 50 on the third party independent candidacy thing with Carrie Lake. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'll tell you why. Loser. Yeah. I mean, even Donald Trump, as stupid as he is, knows a thing or two about marketing and he knows you don't reveal the shark in the first reel. (laughs) So going immediately to I'm running with Carrie Lake completely steps on the toes of something that he may want to roll out in August of 24 or July of 24, summer right. of 24. That's normally when that sort of thing happens. And it's a big deal. It gives you additional momentum after people have sort of stopped thinking about the primaries. So it's, it's time that way for a reason. And I think he realizes that. So I think it's going to be carry like, honestly, I think the most likely scenario is some sort of anti-climax thing. I think, I think it's a new pack. It, I think it's a new it's a new pack. Yeah, pro- something like it's that. A new, yeah, it's a brand yeah. new pack that he's going to use to take the fight to the woke left and he's going to he's going to start sounding like Ron DeSantis trying to sound like Trump. I mean, yeah. the, the only other theory I have though, Bob, that I'm kind of fond of is that he does mm-hmm. run as a Republican and he wins yeah. some primaries and caucuses and he racks up as many delegates and then and then before he concedes to Governor DeSantis, he extracts a guarantee that you'll get my delegates and my endorsement in exchange for a full pardon for everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What, I think that's what I think is most likely. I, you know what? I absolutely agree with that. If he makes it that far, I if mean, he, I, far. You know, he, he may, I mean, who knows you? I think we talked about this last week. He may not make it through the spring, but I mean, there's uh, always his arteries. There's always the arteries. They don't like exactly. him. Exactly. I mean, he's one hamburger away from a coronary. I mean, that's for sure. But the other thing that people have been talking about is the possibility that he's going to run for speaker, which yeah. could be interesting. Uh, I'd love it. And It'd be beautiful I'm, if he did. I wanted to. I I think it's possible that he could end up winning that. <laughs> but I don't think it is. But I think he could lose again. And if he did win it, yeah, let him be the face of this party for two more years. Let's do it. Well, I... I I wish the Republican Party wasn't as crazy as I think they are. Let's limit it to the House Republicans. I I think the House Republicans are crazier than you're giving them credit for. I think the House Republicans would absolutely line up behind Donald Trump just to see him lurking behind Joe Biden during the State of the Mm. Union. I think the idea of that would be very, very tantalizing. And of course... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once again, this is just these are far fetched ideas. I think the most likely scenario is something much more innocuous uh, an anticlimax, as I said. But, you know, yeah. uh, independent candidacy, Carrie Lake, Speaker of the House. These are all speculative things. Who the hell knows? And I think the whole <laughs> point of what he's doing 
is to get us talking like this. Exactly. And by the way, what, whatever he announces, will, will, whatever he announces, Bob, will not be as interesting as the last four minutes of this conversation. We know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you one more thing. Any thoughts on Elmo over there on the Twitter? I feel for people who aren't on Twitter and don't care about all this, but we've never seen a famous person, be it a politician, a business leader, uh, an artist ever screw up this royally, this publicly. Um, what's your take on where things are at right now? We had the Twitter files, which were just a big lot of nothing, uh, vulgarly yeah. nothing. And, and now it seems like, I mean, they keep on saying that somehow the site was favoring Democrats. I, I, I don't think so. No, no. In fact, Twitter did a study. I think it was they released a, uh, I want to say it's around a 24 page report uh, a little more than a year ago, uh, August 2021. It was reported on in The Guardian that they discovered that their algorithm has for all this time been favoring conservative politicians, conservative media platforms over liberal ones obviously and it's not just in the united states it's a lot of the other our other allied nations germany uk australia japan in every single one of those nations including the united states conservative voices amplified on twitter not shadow banned or deplatformed well mm -hmm. sometimes happens and most of the time i would say 99.9999999 percent of the time it's deserved. They're doing something that violates terms of service or doing something like, you know, invading and occupying Congress <laughs> worthy of being deplatformed from social media, for God's sake. Donald Trump, a threat to society. Obviously, he should be deplatformed from social media um, or should have been. And uh, and so this is the case. This is the opposite of what they're actually claiming about Twitter, opposite of what Elon Musk believes is going on with Twitter, opposite of what Glenn Greenwald and Taibbi believe are going on with Twitter. It's an astonishing thing. And you know what? It's a repeat of the liberal media bias attack. This is entirely designed to hector Twitter and other social media platforms into artificially amplifying conservatives. That's it. Yep. Bob Seska. I want to thank you for classing up our show every Wednesday night for such a long time and for all through the pandemic you, and for making 2022 such a great time. I hope you have a wonderful time off. Everybody, take this time to subscribe to the Bob Seska podcast. It'll make your life better and smarter and more moral. Thank you, Mr. Seska, for being so great. Thank you so much, John. Best to you. We'll be right back. we got a full hour of your calls at 866-997-4748. This is progress. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We're taking your calls for the next hour. Open phones at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We have a lot to get to this hour, including, well, gun violence. It's the anniversary of you-know-what, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. 
I want to know what can be done, who's doing anything, who still cares, who actually cares about gun violence, and who just jumps on the TV every time there's another massacre. And also, are you burned out? That's our theme tonight. 2022 is the year of burnout. Are you burned out on Ukraine, COVID, politics, Trump, Elon Musk, monkeypox, crypto, K-pop, or Kanye? How do you handle your burnout? We'd love to know. We're at 866-997-4748. Cat in Dallas, you've been on hold forever. Thea, can you pick up Cat's line? For some reason, my doohickey is failing me. Welcome, Cat. Hi, John. How's it going? So what I do Very good. For, bur- for getting burned out, there's a lot of virtual reality. I literally have a game called Mafia 2. Now, I don't play it for the violence. I play it because you can drive all around New York. You can walk around New York in the 1950s. And if you're if you're if you're not a nice person, you can always drive traffic off the off the highway, and <laughs> you can do all kinds of nice things. But literally, you can drive all over New York, and it's good. And then I have. Um, and and, and, you, and what? what wait, what's the, what's the name? What is the name of this game? It's it's a Mafia Two. And, Mafia Two. Um, okay. It doesn't. No, it's a violent game, but you doesn't have you don't have to use it. I just drive around. I just look around New York. You know, you can. Um, go to shops, you can go to the gas station, you can just, it's kind of a, kind of a release. And then I also use nature tricks on Oculus, which is good. Oh, and it's kind of, okay. Like you can be in Australia, you can be in Africa, you can be, you can, you, you look around, you've got the Oculus headset on and you're there, you live there. And you I can mean, do you, beach, but, you but know, are, are you a fan of, are you a fan of actual nature trails as well? I know it's fun to put a, a thing on your head um, and not leave the house, but are you a fan of actual nature trails? Cause that helps with burnout pretty I well. Am, I am. I, I am. I used to go on 10, I used to go on 10 mile, uh, road, road, uh, road marches back in the 90s when I was a lot younger, and right they kept in shape. But um, out here in Texas, we have so much gun violence, it's not always a good idea. And I, I hate to say it, it's the truth. If you live out here, there's a lot of anger, and there are guys literally walking around with guns on their hip, and I it's know. really stupid. And so you just got to understand, operate safely, and, and games are good. You're right. If, if you're... In the house, if you're if you're an older person, especially, Oculus is really great because literally, you can do. Any, I can I can literally sit on a bridge of the Enterprise of the 1701, the original, no bloody A, B, C, or D or E, and I can sit okay. there and I can look around and I'm on the bridge and it's great and it's so it's it's a good thing. No, oh, cool. It's not the real thing, but it's it's a way out. It's a way to get your head out of the funk. Uh, without alcohol. If that way, hey, listen. Um, if it works yeah. for you, if it makes, if, if if going to a virtual reality makes you able to face actual reality, then whatever works, man. And, and there's a lot of stress in the world, so there are ways to deal with it. Uh, I wanted to mention something to you about you. You were talking about fusion last night. Tried to get yes. on, couldn't get on. And I hope you have a few minutes for that. I don't want to bogart the entire show. Uh, or no, it's okay. Long, Let's talk about long. fusion. It's an exciting story. I think about when I think about fusion, I think about resonance. And resonance, the formula for resonance is 1 over 2 pi square root LC, where L is an inductor, C is a capacitor. And of Everybody course, knows uh, this. 1 over 2 pi. Okay. okay mm-hmm. All right, so when you, when you think about resonance, if you take a coil and a capacitor, what we call a tune tank circuit, you have, you, have a, you, have a fre- you have something that's a specific frequency. If you drive right. it with a bipolar transistor, at a, you, know, you, you power it up with 12 volts, and you that's drive how I do it with a class A, class a amplifier, you can get an oscillation okay. out of that at a specific frequency. Now, when you think about the sun, the sun has a lot of mass. Uh, in order to sustain fusion, in order to have a sustainable fusion, you have to have sufficient mass. That's Tell me about it. The sun. The, yeah. the sun basically is resonance. But think about resonance in general. You may have a radio wave that's resonance, but you also have light. You have sound. You have 
I, I literally play guitar. I play. I was playing Del Shannon Runaway the other day, and I was doing kind of a metal version. And Great song. Metal version of Runaway? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you buried the lead, my friend. Go on, please. Oh, yeah, I love Del Shannon. And literally, I was talking to a friend of mine who was wanting me to show, show him how I play this bit. He also was an electronics uh, person like myself, and I explained to him my theory. We were having this long conversation about about about, uh, about fusion. And fusion is is really the future, but you got to believe that there will be entities that will fight to stop that. Okay, because literally they want to make what power. entities are we that, talking that about, Cat? What entities are we talking, talking about? about the, we're talking about the oil industry specifically, fossil Indeed. fuels, and nuclear. And nuclear. Let me tell you something about nuclear. And this is. This is something I'll just close out with because I've got to be really brief here. I know other people are waiting. Nuclear okay. is the most – our nuclear power plants are the most dangerous thing we have. Nuclear – we have over 400 nuclear power plants all over the world. They're not really great technology. They're kind of outdated. Let's yes. say we have an, a zombie apocalypse. Right? The reason why I laugh at uh, The Walking Dead and the reason why I laugh at all these apocalyptic things – if we had the Walking Dead, if we had a comet hit the planet, if we now had we're finally things, going to talk about we're, we're going to get real now. We're going to talk about zombie apocalypse because this is a subject I know a lot about. So let's go ahead. Let's, if let's we go ever had, go ahead. If we ever had that happen, the nuclear reactors that we have, without the, the structure and the people and the personnel to maintain it, would melt down. So imagine 400 Fukushima's or you know Three Mile Islands. And I'll tell you something. There's a really good documentary on Three Mile Island on Netflix. By the way, if you get a chance. Mm -hmm. People need to be aware that the three, the really bad things we have are fossil fuels, okay, right. and nuclear. We, and we those, talk about it. Those are things. Those are things that we we must get rid of. Infusion will do that for us, and so will hydrogen. Right now in California, there are three cars: Toyota, Hyundai, and and and, and uh, Honda that are uh, hydrogen powered. There are okay. fueling stations all over California, up and down the state. There's actually videos on YouTube about people going up and down the state with a with a with a hydrogen car. No problem. Okay. okay. Now, hydrogen has a long way. Hydrogen has a long way to go. We're still on blue hydrogen. Eventually, okay. we'll be using renewables to get 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 our hydrogen. All right. That's my uh, plan. If you get a minute. If you get a minute, just go get a nine volt battery. Put it in a glass of water. You'll see the oxygen and the hydrogen bubbles coming off that battery. You know, hydrogen is the most abundant source of energy is the most abundant thing in the universe. And so with that said, it is the future. And we definitely okay. have to go to A, fusion, and B, hydrogen for our, for our vehicles. End of story. Okay. I'm trying want, to write all of this down. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. I'm writing all this down. I'm writing all this down. Go on. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to bogart the conversation. I'm not, I'm not Professor Cat, But uh, definitely, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you put some, uh, some Sam Cook on your show, because literally, I, I lament his passing. It was really tragic what happened to him. And thank you for what that. What happened to Sam Cook? Yes, it was terrible what happened to Sam Cook. I, I'm with you on that one. That was awful. Yes, and for real, people need to understand that he was a genius, and he was cut down before his prime, for sure. Uh, I would have... Yes. Uh, I mean, you think everyone says, oh, Elvis, you know, and sure, Elvis was great, but Elvis, Elvis actually... was great, but Elvis couldn't sing like... Voice. Elvis did not have a voice anywhere okay. close to Sam Cook. Nobody, nobody could that's, sing like Sam Cook. Not. Nobody. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's right. Well, no, I always say Sam. I always say course. Sam Cooke is the is, is the greatest the greatest uh, singer in recorded music. I, I I just I don't know anyone in popular music or R and D or rock and roll that comes close to his beauty. And it's so sad yeah, how he yeah, how he died because uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad yeah. how he went. Yeah, yes, let's just say it had to do with uh, uh, another man's wife. That's that's and then the other man had a gun. That's pretty much the short version. That is unfortunate. It is. I yes. mean, uh, it's more unfortunate than what happened to uh, to John Lennon and. Uh, 
I maintain. No, I'd say, I, I think they're equally unfortunate. I think I think they're equally unfortunate. We lost a lot with both of those gun, stupid, stupid gun murders. Sure. Well, thanks for being right there, on. John. And definitely. Um, Thank you. We're we're, we're going to continue to um, stand up against gun violence. But right now, if you live in Texas, I got to tell you, we have some dumb laws for sure. Yeah, you do. You know? I hate to say it, but yeah, you do. Uh, it, it used to be that there were some safeguards to keep certain dangerous, insane people from easily getting their hands on machines that could kill lots of humans really fast, but not anymore. Cat, I thank you very much for the call. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you very much. We're at 866-997-4748. Yes? I've you can turn off the Star Trek Star- sounds. <laughs> well, I just want to say, I want to thank Cat for the suggestion because it's actually quite soothing. I think it's nice. It's kind of a nice white noise. You can play this underneath every time I do any science segment. Feel free if to play I this. If I could, it's, you know, I have a, a, this mat that has pl- hard plastic spikes on it, John, called a Shakti mat. And I like to lay on it, almost like laying on a bed of nails, but safer and softer. And okay. I listen to the Calm app and like nature sounds. And I just lay there and breathe and like close my eyes. That's how I fight burnout. Wow, say this again. So you lie on your bed of nails, your virtual bed of nails. <laughs> I, I lie on a, a spiked mat to kind spiked of like mat. But it's like rubber. Going. It's... Yeah, but like plastic spikes. But they're, you know, it hurts. Yeah, but you get used to it. And um, and then I listen to like a, like nature sounds, like a babbling brook, a ocean, Very nice. forest, crackling fire. And now I think I might add in the bridge the of the Trek. Star Trek. The bridge Enterprise. of the Star Trek. You know what I, I I think I told you it was it last night or the other night I I'm really big on uh, on listening just listen to rain sounds, and the other day I was going to take a nap, and it was I couldn't believe it I I, I said Alexa play rain sounds so I can take my twenty minute nap, and it was literally fucking raining outside, like I literally said play rain sounds <laughs> when the there was thing. actual rain coming through the wind I I'm ju- I'm I I yield. I I have given up. I am no longer Gen X. I have been subsumed by the 21st century. This is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to Channel 127. I'm John Fugelsang. So good to have you with us. We are at 866-997-4748. Great. We're going to get to all your calls very shortly. Right now, I am so pleased to welcome back to the show one of our favorite guests. Anytime we can get Keith Price to join us, we are very lucky. We usually get lucky around Wednesday. He's a comic and an actor and a broadcaster extraordinaire. He was the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM. He co-anchored the morning show on the Breakthrough Outcue channel. Please make sure to catch his wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call, Comedy Daddy. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. How are you, my darling? What's I'm going very down? good. How are you, it's Keith? Time. It's good to see you. You know, I am actually, I'm really, I'm well. I'm a little tired. This has been a long day because I, I did a double today. I did the matinee of, uh, I got to see the matinee of Some Like It Hot. Oh, and then the new musical worked. based on the movie. Go on. Yes. Based on the movie with all the little changes by Amber. Oh, my God. Amber Ruffin and Matthew Lopez. Mm-hmm. They rewrote the book for that musical. Yes. And they kind of, they, I, I, I said that it was sublimely timely because they like, they tweaked a lot of places by putting, they made it diverse enough to where there was a lot of folks of color. Mm-hmm. They 
made sure that they stayed very connected to the time period so that it didn't seem like we're just ignoring that we have black people in the show. <laughs> so they they kept that part connected. Um, and it was just, it was like watching an RKO musical live on stage. It was that, for me, it was that fabulous. You know what I mean? Like really? the wow. costumes, the, the wigs, the design, the songs. Oh my God, those, that score is going to be, fantastic it's like oh just, i'm so glad it, it was like old school you know what happens Keith, all the time they they take these movies and they make them into broadway musicals and it looks great and they have good actors and the songs mm-hmm. are rubbish and you don't remember yeah. anything and so often you know this with original broadway musicals it's like it's like an album from the 90s one catchy song and nine tracks of filler so i'm so exactly. glad it actually has a, a good score and a bunch of good songs it was, I mean, like, it's very rare you ever hear me say that I like absolutely every song in the score. Like, That's every song for me was fabulous. And every way that they presented it, you know, the staging, the um, the choreography, shut wow, the front Keith. door. Keith, Casey how many Nicola, musicals baby, have, don't play around. How many musicals have more than 10 great songs in them? I mean, how many have, like, eight or nine great, I mean, what? Like, West Side Story, Sound <sighs> of Music, Hamilton? I mean, very few. In terms of like when you walk out of theater, you are just buzzing because it's just it's just that fabulous. You know what I mean? Just that wow. I felt very connected, like to the color purple for me, that musical is one of those musicals where I there's for me there's more than about eight songs in there that I can really get into, but that right. whole score also a wonderful ride. You know what I mean? But see here's oh my. my concern though, because th- this is based on the classic Billy Wilder movie with Jack Levin and Tony Curtis about two guys on the lam from the mob who dress up as women to try to stay alive. Keith, I, I want to bring my child, but um, I heard on Tucker Carlson that if I bring my child to a drag show, I'm grooming him uh, for a life of uh, of gayness and being a trans person. So that's that's what holds me back a bit. It sounds like there's men in dresses. It sounds like it hot. And I just I don't want to be part of that. Drag, drag matinees, it's so Keith. It's, it's like it's grooming. It's too you know, it's good. It's going to be one of those things we'll have to keep the security on top of, too, because, you know, how the world feels about drag queens right now. But like, again, if that's the issue, this and it's funny because it's crossed that in into the, the mix. Like that was something that was never really approached or even thought about, except for that last line in the movie. You remember in the movie when mm-hmm. yeah. uh, D- Josephine and Daphne or well, Tony Curtis and, and Marilyn Monroe are together and then the guy is left with Daphne. And yes. he's still in drag. Jack Lemmon is still in drag. And he says to him, basically, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not what you think I am. And he goes, well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and he just keeps yeah, he goes, going. He says, I'm a man. And the old guy says, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And the thing is, is that what they do is they, they take that particular sector of the story and they kind of flip it on its script by giving the character license to feel like a woman when he's in drag but not necessarily owning the whole trans conversation it's just it was like the beginning of of that kind of conversation to have but like right. his his explanation within the, the the show is i don't know who i feel like today i may feel like daphne tomorrow i'll feel like my male character but oh i get the it. idea is that he's got the license to do it and that was that was kind of how they kind of put it in there but it was it is such a great show to watch. It's like if people want to come and just see a fun, true musical comedy, this is one of those those rare shows that still keeps that whole energy to it. And, you know, 
like I told you, I'm at Beetlejuice pretty much all the time. And Beetlejuice itself right. is its own kind of fun musical, but it's not the same as this one, you know? I got this, you, yeah. You know? I got you. Are, are people wearing masks, Keith, in Broadway? Are they wearing the masks? Well, you know what? Now that that they've just, this particular week, have, have increased, it's like a, what is it, the trip, tripdemic or something like that they're calling it, tridemic. Yeah, yeah um, the triple pandemic. Yeah, that we, at least for those of us that are working at the theater, we now just were told this week that we're back to testing twice a week. Ooh. We still have to wear our masks all the time. It's still nice. suggested for people to wear masks. But just tonight, I noticed that there were more people coming into the theater wearing masks today than I have in the previous weeks. Yeah. Because they're coming back. Now they're coming I think back. they're starting to listen. But I mean, you know, it's it's not as if it's you know the, the theater that I work in holds sixteen hundred people. So like, even within sixteen hundred people, if only seventy five of them are wearing a mask, that's you know, <laughs> yeah. a real small number. Uh, okay, <laughs> but but maybe but I'll wait till after. Think, maybe I'll wait till after uh, New Year's to go. Uh, to yeah, a I mean, you know, unless you're gonna, and like I said, go. And be prepared. Like, you know, I've gotten right. that bivalent booster. I just got that a couple of weeks ago with the flu shot. You know, I got my monkeypox. <laughs> like, I, I got, to. I got everything. I'm not playing. I, I, I'm not playing. I didn't get monkeypox or K-pop. I got to get both of those done. Um, <laughs> Keith, we, we have a, and that's a vaccination against K-pop, the musical, not the art form. We have a lot of uh, <laughs> our evil army of the night who wants to weigh in on the news of the day. Do you want to take some calls from the riffraff? Certainly, certainly. Okay, let's go to Rachel in L.A. Rachel, thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome. Oh, hello. So happy to speak to both of you. Oh, hi, Rachel. How are you, hello. baby? And hello. And this is funny because I was calling, there's things that have been on my mind that I haven't gotten to tell you. And one of them about, like, unpopular opinions. And Please. Amber Ruffin was on The View today. And this is what my yes. unpopular opinion is about, which also, that sounds so good. I, you make me want to just be in L.A. and just, like, sleep on Broadway, Keith. Like, <laughs> What's your unpopular before. opinion? I'm a big fan of unpopular opinions. Tell me yours. Yes. Okay, here it is. Okay. The new girl on The View, this Alyssa Farah Griffin. um, Okay. You know, she's the new conservative. You know, she got picked to be the conservative. Okay. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. I love her politics. What? Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Well, the new conservative, (laughs) I mean, the conservative girl on The View is, you know, it's the spinal tap drummer of View Jobs. But go on, please. Well, at least it's not Megan McCain. And she, I mean, because... See, Did I'm you know her father was John McCain? Did you have any idea her father was John? She doesn't like to bring yeah, it up. But yeah, I, you see what I... Yeah, exactly. And she was so snippy all the time. Like, like Wanda, I, I understand. Like, what before Alyssa became the official woman, when she was just, like, right. in tryouts, Wanda Sykes, right. who I love, and I love that interview you did with her, um, she, yes. like, refused to go on because she didn't want to give anything to this Trump, previous Trump person. Uh, I remember when Wanda, I thanked Wanda for doing that last time she came on the show. You did? Oh, my, I didn't hear that part. Um, yeah. And But then, like, she, when she finally came on, got picked, she's very good at what she does. Like, she's very good at speaking. She doesn't, like, jump down people's throats. Like, and she did a whole diatribe on, like, how she left them and how they're all wrong now. And even, I mean, I'd rather have that than someone who just, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene or something. I mean. Right. She's like, she's actually just a conservative. Like, she's a conservative Republican. She's, she's a conservative Republican. She's a nice lady who's wrong, not a batshit right. lady who's evil. Right. Yes. Right, Keith? That's that that's that dividing line. Right? I, it used to be I they like were nice and wrong. 
Yeah, the conservatives were just nice people who were wrong about shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And we loved them and had Thanksgiving. Uh, nowadays, the modern party, the, the Trump party, they, no, they are not nice and wrong. They are uh, batshit and sinister. Yeah, or, mean and nasty. Like, yes. Revengeful. Yep. They want vengeance. I thought sinister covered all that, but you did better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love your life, Keith. I want to go in the Broadway. <laughs> well, it's right here, honey. It's you know, it's like, it's like just just know. Um, I had one other thing. Like, there's unpopular at the party, and then there's late to the party. Like, I never watched Please. the West Wing because I didn't care about politics then. Right. But now right. I was binging it because there was nothing to watch over the holidays, you know, and like mm-hmm. so much fun. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm have I, to I, do I mean, I've I've never binged it. I never watched it straight through. But I, I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of episodes over the years. There's so many good people on it. Like everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Allison Janney is my favorite. Yeah. They've all, they're all friends of this show now. Allison Janney's done this show a bunch of times. Richard wow. Schiff's done the show a bunch of times. Um, I never got Sheen. Sheen came on stage with us, but I haven't been able to get him on the show yet. But I'm working on him. So, oh, and, well, and you, want, you had a comment about Mark Caputo? Yes. I Rachel? loved your Mark Caputo interview. It was so juicy and funny and fun. Like, yeah. Like we had Mark Caputo of NBC News on the other night, Keith, and he wrote a really in-depth piece, uh, both about Elon, but even, but more fascinatingly about, uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago, very Nazi Thanksgiving special. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it really seemed like Trump had no idea what he was being set up for. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Of course not. He, cause he's always the victim. <laughs> it's like listen oh, yeah. i kept Poor saying man. i kept saying that it was a that it was a fraud that of course trump's going to deny he knows him they all deny he they know these nazis all the time trump did it because he wants nick fuentes's base mm-hmm. but really like when you when when mark caputo put together the timeline this woman who used to work on the campaign like drove them you know drove fuentes and milo and oh can you imagine the car can you ma- oh god and, and and kanye not without a lysol bomb yeah, and then they got to the, they got to Mar-a-Lago, and the woman herself did not have a driver's license. She's driving yeah, Kanye yeah. West without a license, <laughs> but they all knew her at Mar-a-Lago, so she got in. And Trump just called Kanye over to his table. <laughs> Kanye said, "No, sit down here." And apparently, Trump had no idea that it was Nick Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos, those two Satan's nipple clamps, sitting together at the same table. So I was like, begrudgingly, I had to be like, okay, Mark Caputo, you're ruining this for me, but fine. Donald Trump was an innocent victim of having Nazis at his house. We've all been there, Keith. How many times have Nazis and pedophiles just been at your house because an anti-Semitic rapper invited them over? It happens. Some days, you know. They like him. You know, if they're going to vote for him, he doesn't care. (laughs) Exactly right. He wants their fan base. Tomorrow, Trump gives this big announcement. What do you guys think Trump's big announcement is going to be at Mar-a-Lago? I think it's either he's either leaving the country or he's starting a third party or he's or he's transitioning to a woman. It's one of those three things. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I have a sexy liberal. I have to tell you one last before I hang up. I have a sexy liberal. What's a sexy liberal thing? I'm plugging it right now. (laughs) I'm always plugging sexy. Hey, you can go to meathook.live and get the live special. It's fantastic. (laughs) Stephanie, it's such a funny show. Please go check it out. Rob Reiner's in it. I'm funny. Check it out. Go ahead, Rachel. (laughs) Apparently, I was like laughing like hysterically. Like I was leaving the show, right? And this dude comes by me and he goes, hey, you had a good time, didn't you? And I was like, well, yeah. And then I go, oh, hey, you're the guy who was like in the row ahead of me. And he was like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, because he was like, yeah. I heard you. Like, I was super loud. I guess. I he was macking on you. He was met. Listen, here's the set. And we now get a lot of attractive married. women. We get a lot of attractive women at the sexy liberal show. Lots of attractive women. Lots of attractive gay men, too. 
Mm-hmm. Well, well he was macking on you hard. He, he sounds like he was he was going for it. What happened? How did the story know. end, Rachel? You don't know? Nothing. Small talk. He's married with three children. <laughs> if he's at our show, he's probably married with three children and then another wife in the Philippines. So you're probably lucky. <laughs> Anyway, happy holidays, you guys. Happy holidays, happy holidays honey. 866-997-4748. Keith, um, the Respect for Marriage Act was passed uh, and signed into law by Joe Biden this week, codifying marriage equality uh, into federal law throughout the country. I want to play a, a, a quick little clip. This is Matthew Haynes. He's the owner of Club Q, the bar that had that horrific assault in Colorado. And he was speaking before a House subcommittee today, and he pointed out something that I'm really glad about. They're saying, oh, it's bipartisan. It's bipartisan. Republicans voted for this. The overwhelming majority of Republicans in both the House and the Senate voted against it. So here's the, the guy from Club Q telling Congress how the, the Respect for Marriage Act was far from bipartisan. Good. Finally, my husband and I had the honor to attend the White House ceremony for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act yesterday. It was honestly the first joy and pride I have felt since these horrific events at Club Q. And while the protections for marriage, like my own, were signed into federal law, I could not help but reflect that 169 members of Congress voted against that bill. 169 of your colleagues, hiding behind excuses and schematics and other reasons, sent a message to me, and it was a clear message, that the entire community, sorry, to me and the entire community, that you do not respect my marriage. And through your inaction and your vote, you as a leader send the clear message, it is okay not to respect the basic human rights of loving who you love. And it is okay to disrespect and not support our marriages. Boom. I love that he said it. Yes. It, you know, and th- for me, I'm on two sides of a fence for this this issue because the first and foremost, it's like this is it's wonderful to see that we are having this big pomp and sam- circumstance moment. You know, we're showing, you know, hey, look, it means now that if, you know, I get married right now and I decide I'm going to move to the middle of Wyoming. Guess what, Wyoming? You got to respect my marriage. Well, you know what? Honestly speaking, that doesn't cost the United States a damn thing to do that. It doesn't cost us a thing. The only cost that's been, you know, dredged up is all that time that they spent in legislation fighting against it and fighting for it and carrying on. That's where the money was spent. And it's like, I, I, I just find that it's really... It's almost a little disingenuous that we are spending so much time, you know, celebrating the fact that the rights that we should already have should not have to be written and codified into law. And then when I I watch that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, this is what should be happening with voting rights. This is what should have been happening with abortion. Why Mm -hmm. Why are we still, you know, watching people cherry pick giving this this stuff that actually doesn't cost anything to anyone else except for the people that are involved in any of the things that they're involved in. It's my marriage. It's my wedding. You don't want to make my my cake? Then go suck a dick. How about that? You don't. You know what I mean? You don't want to cater my wedding. I Hang don't on. Need I'm, writing, I'm writing down I'm a, a bumper sticker design. Hang on. I'm, I'm writing down you know? a bumper sticker design. Hang on. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely you know? so, agree. So uh, so I'm. I think it's fabulous. But I'm glad that this guy called out the hypocrisy of the people that are involved because in the end it's like why do we even have to have this conversation 
the idea that if I could get married and wherever the hell is I'm getting married, it's like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that this is is uh, you know news. I'm thrilled that this is happening, but the idea that this is something that we have to be super excited about when it should have not even had to be an issue in the fucking first place is yeah. really annoying. And so I, mean, it, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. I mean, it's not you enough. Know, it's not an, like, It's not enough it's to great. me. You know, you, it's great that they we're did still this, killing but... trans people. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and, it's and, like, and if the Supreme you. Court, if the Supreme Court were to uh, throw out gay marriage and if all mm-hmm. these states that want to get rid of it were to get rid of it, what this story means yesterday essentially is that um, marriage between same gendered people that was done in states where it's legal would be binding in all 50 states. But in mm-hmm. 36 states, you'd have to travel out of your state to get married legally. To get married. It's just like in case the world collapses, here's better than mm-hmm. nothing. And so, it's just you know, so sad I mean, to me that like we I have said, to have fights for crumbs. For crumbs. But, you know, again, voting rights would have been real, real cute to watch that get signed yesterday, too. Because oh, the voting rights would have started. made sure that the, you know, the gay marriage thing would have been uh, like tut sweet from the very beginning. You know what I mean? Thanks, like, cinema. <laughs> Let me go to the phones. Dennis in Indianapolis, you've been on hold forever. Thank you so much for your patience. Yeah, hello. Can you hear me all Hi. right? Hi. Yes, sir. Hello. Well... This was before the segment you just had on that you were talking about uh, the Bible and stuff. Yes, sir. And I'm a seven-year-old white liberal, and for for years, uh, my whole life, I've you know heard all these anti-Semitic tropes about uh, Jewish people, and I can never really think why do people hate, especially white supremacists, hate Jewish people the way they do. And yeah. it finally dawned on me is that. It's because God had the gall to pick a Jewish woman to be the mother of his child. And it's just pure, pure, just pure jealousy. The mother of his Jewish child. The mother of his Jewish child. (laughs) (laughs) Who never, and and, and by the way, Jesus never quit the tribe. Never quit the tribe. No. And it's, it's the only thing I could think of that made any sense to me because all the tropes that you hear you know, and you know, and, and I know Jewish people never really made sense to me why they would hate people the way they do. That's so uh, true. The Jewish people. And I think it's just because they're jealous. This my yeah. opinion. I mean, I always wonder, like, homophobes, why do you hate gay men? Two guys holding hands means two more women for you to strike out with. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, as here's what George Harrison said, Dennis, as long as you hate, there will be people to hate. And and so I think if it yeah. wasn't Jews, it'd be some other marginalized group they could hate. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other one was phrase the land of The phrase what? I'm sorry, you're breaking up, Dennis. Dennis, are you there? Oh, the Jewish space lasers keep... You're, you're right, Chris, Jewish space lasers. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dennis. We got cut off. Please call Marjorie back Marjorie Taylor is listening. He just got... Sealer in Texas, you're on with Keith. Hi. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hello. That's great. I mean, it wasn't going great, well. Was he was a lovely caller. I wanted, that was his first time I calling. Know. I hope he calls back. Go, go, go ahead, Sheila. Anyway, I want to say, love you, Keith. You're still my first slice, my homemade first slice. I love you so much. Hey. And so am, I Sheila. Hey. It's, it's good, but it has been exhausting. Last, however, God, however long it's been. And, uh, Last month, I was at my doctor, and he he said, what's up? And I was like, what do you mean, what's up? He goes, 
So what's up? What's wrong? He said, I know you. I know what's going on. I'm like, what? And anyway, this doctor, he was a big old maggot doc. And okay. Usually, I'm not usually even listening to what he because he can he can go on. He used to try to troll me with politics, but he doesn't do that anymore. Okay. And I think we found a space. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. This is Texas. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. But. But you but know what, still, girl? You just yeah. have to drive to another city, honey. Yeah, how many? Okay. Yeah, like, uh, uh, okay, does your, Sheila, does your doctor uh, believe in vaccines? Does he believe in any science? Or I, you know what? Okay, we, Sheila, we've deep never breath talked in. about it anymore. Because we used to nice argue deep about breath politics. Out. Pardon? I'm being your doctor. I'm saying deep breath in. <laughs> Build the wall. Deep breath out. Okay. Build the wall. Know. You know what? I just started like. Not saying anything. So when he asked me what was wrong with me, it took me. I was shocked. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, I know you. What's going on? And I'm telling myself, well, you really don't want to hear because you're a maggot. And so anyway, I told him, (laughs) I told him it was because we've had a drought for like nine, ten months. And I got cabin fever because I can't go outside because it's too hot, which is the truth. But I couldn't tell him the main thing that was wrong with me. And what was the main it thing? Reminded what was it? me, it was maggots. Oh, maggots. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Sure. Yeah. You know. So anyway, you it t- reminded me uh, of some kind of psychedelic O. Henry tale, like Gift <laughs> of the Magi or something. <laughs> yes. It totally did, and I couldn't get over it for a while. But I've been doing better. I've been doing better, and I'm I'm trying my therapy. Like tonight, I'm testing holiday cookies and smoking holiday bud. But oh, um, okay. Yesterday, you know, we had tornadoes down here yesterday, and I I was in the next town over. It's a bigger town. It's it's kind of cool. Are you all okay? Anyway, everyone okay? Yeah, yeah, I am now. But I drove like 40 miles home when I heard on the uh, weather radio. That there was a tornado headed to my house, and I'm 40 miles away. So I started driving home, and I'm kind of freaked out a little bit, but trying to be calm. And I'm driving along, yeah. and you had to drive slow, or you would hydroplane if you went too fast. And this is like oh. two-lane state wow. highway where everybody goes 80. So I'm okay. driving like 35, 40, and a guy coming at me hydroplaned, but he went to the right, and he ended up in the ditch. And so in that moment, I want to tell you, I've never felt so alive today, and it's been a great day, and I'm so glad oh. to be here. All right, girl. Because That's great. terrifying. But, you That's know, great. you wow. never know. You just I'm never just know glad you got away from that doctor. I'm just glad you got away from I your maggot too. doctor. I'm yeah. always, that's, that's always the plan, is to get out of there, get in there and get out of there. So, you got, anyway, we got to find you another doctor, honey, because you know, uh, you yes. know that maggot energy he, well, he, has a lot of stuff a, that's not he, very good for he women. He belongs to a, a, a he belongs to a special international consortium of doctors, uh, doctors without values. So that that's why he, <laughs> yes. he didn't get it. So, well, yeah. you know, that's pretty much all people have over here in Texas. It really is. Oh, There's wow. good people it's in really, Texas. Like a, I have family like in Texas. Planet. There's good people in Texas, yeah. even if it is another oh, planet. Yeah. The planet yeah. we're visiting. I'm just, He's in the Hippocratic yes. Oath Keepers. Yes, oh, 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 that is oh, beautiful. Ding, 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 daddy That was good. <laughs> ah, very nice. That was good. I love I like you guys. It. 
Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas.